1: Today's scripture is Psalm 71, verses one to six. I'm reading from a book called Psalms for Praying. In you, O my beloved, do I take refuge. Let me never feel separated from you. In your compassion, come and refresh me. Listen to my cry, answer my plea. Be to me a rock, a tower of strength, a strong arm to uphold me as I abandon myself into your hands. Be a very presence to me as fear grips me, as I grow old and my friends leave me. For you, O friend, are my hope, my strength since I was a child. Upon you I have trusted from my birth, you whom I knew before my mother's womb I continually sing praises to you.
0: and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever felt alone or left out, forgotten or unloved? My guess is that there is not a person here who can say no to that question. We've all felt that. My mother taught me a song when I was a child. She said she sang it when she was a child and whenever she was feeling particularly lonely or unseen or unloved. Maybe you've heard this song. It starts out, Nobody loves me, everybody hates me. I'm going to the garden and eat worms. Little, slick, slimy ones, big, fat, juicy ones. I'm going to the garden and eat worms you probably heard this one. I Googled the song in preparation for the sermon and found not only is this song still around, there are so many verses I didn't even know about. And of course, when my mom shared this song with me, it made me laugh and forget about my own worries. Thinking of my own composed and strong mother as a child singing this song and contemplating eating worms. Well, however silly or lighthearted the song might sound, it touches on a very real human experience of pain, of isolation and feeling persecuted, and a very human need to be loved, to be seen and appreciated, to feel secure. Though these feelings that begin in the earliest stages of life can be assuaged, hopefully not by eating worms, there are feelings that surface throughout life, and they can show up in particular ways at different stages of life. Maybe in middle school, the sense of aloneness is related to peer group dynamics, or later in adulthood, these feelings may manifest because of a dynamic in a primary relationship with a spouse or a partner. They can manifest as a result of a loss of a loved one or a sense of a need for um, or lacking of a sense of purpose in trying to find or land a new job. Or these feelings can surface as a result of conflict one finds oneself in, not being able to, say, to see a way through. In our scripture for today in Psalm 71, the writer who is believed to be King David is writing at the end of his life. And it sounds like he's having a nobody loves me, everybody hates me moment. In spite of his long life of accomplishment and his large circle of friends and acquaintances, his spiritual community, and his attempts to be a faithful leader, David is surrounded and concerned that he's surrounded by enemies who seek to do him harm. And so the psalm begins, In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my refuge. Rescue me, O God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust. O Lord, from the time of my youth, upon you I have leaned from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. What beautiful words of both need and assurance, of seeking and finding, of human frailty and divine love. One of the important things to know about our psalms, as noted last week when we talked about Psalm 19, is that the psalms are often written in a particular structure that helps to emphasize the point of what is being expressed. In Psalm 71, this is a structure that couples a request for help with a statement of trust. This coupling is repeated two more times in the whole psalm, as the psalmist goes, on to name his feelings of insecurity, then names different points throughout his life when he has needed God, and God answers. Hear these words from verses 17 and 18. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to all generations to come. We get the sense that the psalmist is looking back on many years and in spite of feeling insecure and lonely at that moment, he has no doubt about where his refuge lies and where it has always been. This week, I had the privilege of sharing communion with one of Epworth's elders, Tom Olson, who was born into a strong Methodist community in Iowa. We reminisced some as we sat and talked, and we realized as we talked that we had both been a part of what was called Institute, which was a week-long camp of discussion and singing and fun and learning and growing for Methodist youth from across a whole state conducted on the campus of that state's Methodist College. As an Iowan, Tom's Institute was held at Simpson College where Reverend Dr. Jan Everhart, who preached at Epworth a few weeks ago, was a longtime professor. And mine, as a Kansan, was held at Baker University in Baldwin, Kansas. These institutes brought together hundreds of youth each summer, a refuge in a time when we were facing choices about who we would be in the world, what we valued, and how we would act in ways consistent with those values. The timeless wisdom of the scriptures, interpreted in the light of the issues of the day, and perhaps more importantly, the issues we cared about at that moment in our lives, provided us a fortress and a foundation. I remember the most popular session at my institute, Theologically Deconstructed Cursing, And the arguments presented by one of the younger clergy in our conference, a man not much older than many of us, have stayed with me until this day. As Tom, this Epworth elder, and I sat talking, I looked around the living room at the many reminders of a life anchored in the refuge of faith. One thing in particular we talked about were the Methodist hymnals on one of the bookshelves. He had the Methodist hymnal from 1935, and then the hymnal that came after that, which dates from 1968. He said he grew up with the hymnal from 35, and I grew up with this one. The hymnal, f- uh, published in 1966 as the Methodist hymnal, then renamed in 1968 with the merger of the Methodist Church and the United Brethren Church to be the United Methodist hymnal. It struck me how different these moments in history were. One, the midpoint of the Great Depression. The other, a period of great struggle and some progress for civil and human rights. Different, but still times of great need. And yet in both of these moments and throughout history, the hymnal, as a repository of expressions of our faith, our needs, our hopes, our longings, our praise, our trust, provided refuge for the faithful in those times and in these. This hymnal, the one I grew up with, this particular hymnal was my mother-in-law's hymnal. It has prayers and bookmarks. It has her trademark butterfly on the, on the binder here. Um, the back cover here has pasted the benediction That was sung by her congregation in Babylon, New York, at the end of each service. May the Lord, mighty God, bless and keep you forever. So much refuge contained in this one book. We are in another very challenging historical moment. People are exhausted from the loss and adjustments required stemming from covid As we've pulled back from certain kinds of interactions and lost many of the serendipitous moments of running into a friend and catching up, a sense of isolation, or even of not being loved, is real. And the grief in losing loved ones and relationships is real. And yet we, like the psalmist, like King David, whether we are young or old or in between, have experienced the grace and presence of God in our times of need. Maybe we didn't recognize it in that way at the time, and maybe we don't recognize it in that way even now. But whenever something has gone right, and when you think about it, about a thousand things a day, each day, go well, we just don't notice them because they don't cause us any trouble. And whenever someone showed up or offered a kind word or a sense of peace or presence came to us in our aloneness, all of this, all that goes right, all of those times when someone shows up, when we experience that peace, all of this, this is God. In fact, you are all here this morning or whenever you're watching and participating in this worship service because God beckoned you into a place of refuge, into a place of community, into a place of grace and faith. Whatever our age or particular struggle in life, we can find refuge by following the example of our psalmist in Psalm 71 today, expressing our need, then following that up with an expression of trust, naming need, proclaiming trust. Though our challenges in life change, this pattern doesn't. Though we may imagine that challenges and problems will dissipate as we get older, the fact is that life actually gets more and more complex. And yet our place of refuge and source of strength never wavers, and that source and place are God. The writer Anne Lamott addresses this reality in her well-loved book, Traveling Mercies, with her trademark humor. She writes, It's funny. I always imagined when I was a kid that adults had some kind of inner toolbox full of shiny tools, the saw of discernment, the hammer of wisdom, the sandpaper of patience. But then when I grew up, I found that life, and I would insert here God and the church, handed you these rusty bent old tools friendships, prayers, conscience, honesty, and said do the best you can with these they will have to do. And against all odds they do. You see what Psalm 71 is trying to tell us is not just that God is our refuge but that it takes a life lived in faith to access and recognize that refuge. Think about the Methodist youth institutes both Tom and I experienced that were so impactful and formative to us. These places of refuge didn't magically appear one week out of nowhere on the prairie. They were the result of a whole milieu of faithful individuals making commitments, showing up, reaching out, weaving a fabric strong enough to catch and hold generations of youth strong enough to keep holding us in the grace and mercy of God at every moment in our lives. The refuge you found and known is needed by so many others. And so I want to take this moment to encourage you to be that fabric for others, whether it's for youth or whether it's for our elders, whether it's for friends who are not part of a community. It takes our showing up are reaching out to the refuge that we've known of naming our need and naming our trust. And so remember to name your need and proclaim your trust. Know that God is with us as our rock and our refuge, not just at the different times of our need in our own lives, but throughout generations. May we give thanks for the one who gives refuge and lead others to it as well. Amen. i Try- have a great week Jesus save your lord lord to thee